0: Grass the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein campus will be leading each week's study. This is our 89th episode, and this is our final in our series on Advent. Pastor Dale, it's good to see you. Thank you, you as well. So, what is today's topic, subject? Uh, key word,
1: yeah. So the theme for today is love, and you know, Pastor Marty, we normally release um, one episode every Tuesday, but uh, because of Christmas coming up on a Sunday this year, we wanted to make sure we get this last episode release. And and I think today's um, theme of love is, is very appropriate uh, as we prepare our hearts to love the Savior of the world, and, and there's no really better passage for us to look at God's love than John chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, and so that's what we we'll gonna be looking at today.
0: Well, that's great. Um, now, as, as people are kind of jumping off into this, we know that when you say John three sixteen through 19, right, mm-hmm. everyone stops. On John three sixteen, mm-hmm. and we know that one well, right? Mm-hmm. We even see it on sports, you know, written across somebody's chest. You know, it's the most quoted verse in the Bible in King James, right? Mm-hmm. For God's love the word to give his only son, who is only in him, they're not perish, from have everlasting life. Okay, so one. but but you really want people to kind of key in that you're going to move past that a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, and I feel so bad for John three seventeen through nineteen, right? Because <laughs> we don't ever talk about them, but they are extremely critical. To our understanding of what our fate is if we don't accept Jesus, not as something that's in the future, but as a present reality.
0: Well, very good. Well, let's jump right into that present reality. Welcome
1: back to our final week of Advent, week four, and the theme for this week is love and and where else to find a better verse or passage on love than John three. So we're going to be looking at John chapter three. Verses 16 through 19. Now, in this passage, Jesus is speaking to a man named Nicodemus. He's one of the religious leaders uh, at the time. And he's talking about um, how one finds eternal life and being born again. And so, Jesus says this in John 3, verses 16 through 19. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that, so that the world might be saved through Him. The one who believes in Him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil, so so much has been said. If you have been a, a, a Christian for any period of time, you know about John three sixteen. So I don't want to spend a lot of time dwelling on that particular verse, but I do want to say this as we break it down. Okay, so God, who is the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree the world, the greatest company, that He gave His greatest act, His one and only Son the greatest gift, that whoever, the greatest opportunity, believes, the greatest simplicity, and him, the greatest attraction, shall not perish, the greatest promise, but, the greatest difference, have, the greatest certainty, eternal life, the greatest possession. So in him, in Jesus, we have everlasting life. God's plan has been to reverse the human problem, namely to provide the means by which humanity might be saved. Undoubtedly, God's desire is that all might be saved, but because of human freedom or choice, we have this whosoever in verse 16, all humanity does not respond in believing acceptance of the Son. As a result, the rejection of God's love brings judgment or condemnation. Although many people think primarily of this gospel in terms of the bright side of love, it has a dark side that is perhaps more threatening to the unbeliever than almost any other document in the New Testament except for the apocalypse. To overlook the dark side in John is to miss the full message of the gospel. God's judging is a negative theme that is also foundational to this gospel and is obvious in these verses. What makes human choice so crucial in this gospel is the immediate nature of judgment or condemnation. Condemnation is not left to some remote future that might lull the unbeliever into a comfortable feeling that for a while one can sit on the fence of uncommitment. See, John makes it absolutely clear that condemnation has already taken place for the unbelievers. The idea here then is not one of a possible projected condemnation for the unbeliever, but the necessity of escaping an already existing condemnation. You see, we think that this condemnation is going to happen at some point in the future, possibly. But Jesus makes it clear that for those who have not believed, they're already condemned. So it's not a neutral position, it's not something that's going to happen in the future, you're not good now, move to bad later, it's you're already, if you're an unbeliever, you are already in the state of condemnation, and God does not want you there. And so, condemnation is a present reality that will be clearly evidenced in the future resurrection, and the only way to overcome that condemnation is to believe in God's Son and thereby experience the present reality of the kingdom of God, that reality called eternal life. What one does reflects who one is. I'll repeat that. What one does reflects who one is. Darkness, hating, and doing evil together are set against light, living by the truth, and the works done through God. Here, those who side with the way of darkness were, for John, children of the devil, the prince of the world. The close connection between doing and being, namely between practicing good or evil works, and the nature of a person, is an important theological concept in John, because believing is not merely a matter of mental affirmation, but of life commitment. The world hated Jesus and continues to do so not merely because of some intellectual reason, but because the deeds of world-oriented people are evil. And so, again, it's one thing to believe but it's another thing to live out a commitment based on those beliefs. And even then, you know, we read this in in Jesus' half-brother James. He says, you know, even the demons believe in God. Yeah, they have a mental affirmation. They refuse to bow down to him for who he is, but they mentally affirm who he is. I think, unfortunately for the world, sadly, for some Christians, we have a mental affirmation of who God is of who Jesus is, and we will say those things, but we will live lives that don't in any ways match the lifestyle that we proclaim with our mouth. And so we have to remember that, that our deeds as Christians should love the light rather than the dark. And so we are overwhelmed by this love that God has for us, and that love should be poured out to others as well. My hope is that you have experienced the overwhelming love of God during this Advent season and that you, in turn, would show that same love to others, especially to those who are lost.
0: Thank you for that. Now, as is our custom, uh, we tend to try and um, come back from the teaching. You know, we sort of tell everybody what's going to happen, then you tell them, and then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about it, What do you think are some things we need to back up from the teaching time and kind of our key ideas, something you want on everyone's mind as they step away? Yeah, so if we look at world history
1: and the Swiss, they're particularly known as a neutral people, right? If you look back in these world wars, they didn't really want to get involved. They wanted to remain neutral. And I think, um, unfortunately, we can have the wrong idea of, well, I'll make a decision on Jesus at some point later. Right now, I'm simply neutral. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I'm simply hanging out in the middle until I make a decision. And then once that decision is made, then my eternal destination is secured, whichever choice I make. But as this passage makes it clear no, there is no neutrality. You're either for him or you're against him. So, up until the time. That we choose to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior until that time, we are the enemies. We are already condemned. Our eternal destination is already secured until we make that life changing and eternity changing decision. So, if you're listening right now and you are not a believer, and I'm telling you this because even though I don't know you, I can love you as someone who is in the Lord. And I love you enough to tell you the truth, and it is painful, and I I totally get it, right? But if you do not yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are already condemned based on your sinfulness. And again, I was there until I was thirty three years old, and uh, I didn't think that I was doing much wrong. I thought I was on this path to neutrality, but this passage makes it very clear: no, I was on my way to hell, and thank goodness the Lord stepped in. And changed my life and gave me new direction when I chose to follow Jesus.
0: And I think our world likes the idea of neutrality. Mm-hmm. Our world likes the idea that um, we are in charge until we make a decision. Mm-hmm. And 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 the fact is that God's in charge. He's already made a decision, but He loves us enough that He gives us a way out. Mm-hmm of what we deserve.
1: Right. And that's the beauty of verse 17. Um, God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, uh, but he offered a way for people to be saved from what the road that they are already on. So we think, Oh, I'll, I'll choose this road in the future. No, you're already on the wrong road until you know Jesus. And so what happens is that God sent him to us to get us off of that path, the condemnation. And we can choose at that point. Do I want to choose the path of Jesus or do I want to choose my own path? And then from there,
0: you've made that decision for good then. Well, and it's amazing because if it was an easy decision, because you know, you're a scientist, right? So Mm -hmm. you get this idea of of neutrality in science is that something is not moving. Mm -hmm. So it is easy to move it when it is not moving because you have no force, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact is that we're moving the wrong direction and moving the wrong direction it takes the force of the god of the universe sacrificing his own son to counteract the power of our own sin dragging us into condemnation mm-hmm. and he didn't send jesus um, because that was a good way he sent it because it was the only way right and and i think sometimes we forget that this was not a a cost free decision for god right it cost him what he loved most and um and i think sometimes we act as though well i'll do it when i do it and if you were standing in front of a king and he said listen i just sacrificed my son to get you out of prison Mm -hmm. and you have to look the king in the eyes and say well you know eh, what is that king going to do to you right and that's what we do a lot of times Mm -hmm. um it's it's pretty trite the way we 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 treat god the god of the universe
1: Yeah, and and you know, when I talk to some Christians, I've had some people tell me, Well, you know, this God of the Old Testament, he's so mean, he's so vindictive. You know, he orders the killing of all these people. People make him mad, they he kills them on the spot. And but this God in the New Testament, he's a God of love. He forgives people. He even says that God is love. Oh, all true, all true. But here's the thing. I I think that we find the greatest display of God's wrath in the New Testament, by far the greatest display. And we find that at the cross Mm. because at the cross, we find God's divine judgment and wrath, meaning God's divine love for us. And so our sin has to be punished. And so we see the full wrath of God being poured out on one person. And I cannot imagine what Jesus experienced in his soul is God's full anger for the sins of untold millions, perhaps even billions of people, from Adam and Eve on until he returns, all of that being poured out on Jesus and the agony and the pure suffering that he endured for our sake. And then we flip it and go, well, why did he do all that? And it's because of love. And some people say, well, God, he he wants to keep me down. He doesn't want me to be happy. He wants to make my life miserable. He wants to control it. It's going to be no fun. It's like, "Mm." but if you love someone, you want the best for him. And I think so many times we're focused on, if I do this, I've got to give up what I want. I'm not ready to give up what I want. And so we choose ourselves over this love that we cannot even begin to fathom.
0: Yes. That's all I got to say about that. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Now, let's talk about how that fits into the previous three weeks of Advent. Mm Because we know Advent is a, it's a season, it's a linear thought process. Mm -hmm. So let's talk back through Advent and why don't you just wrap it up for us.
1: Is that okay? Yes. So Jesus brings us this hope. We live in a very dark world and without Christ here, what hope do we have in our lives, because if this world is all there is and we die, well, that's a pretty bleak outlook on things. And so Jesus actually brings hope and purpose to our lives. Number two is preparation. Yes, we are getting ready to celebrate his birth now, but more importantly, this side of his, his birth, the incarnation, what we need to be doing also is preparing our hearts for when he returns. And that has huge implications, not only for how we live our daily lives, but then also what are we doing on evangelism? How are we going out and telling people about Jesus for missions and evangelism? How are we doing those things? Are we doing those things? Um, and then next is joy. We can experience an, an indescribable joy, not happiness, but joy, not based on our circumstances, but based on our eternal security. So there's that joy. And then finally, we can look back on the love that was shown to us through the sacrifice of Jesus and say, okay, if I'm supposed to be him in this world, then I need to be able through the power of the spirit, be able to show that same kind of love for the people. And I know it's trite, but there's that good old song, right? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Well, what the world needs right now is the love of Jesus and see that manifested in his people.
0: A great word, a great word, and a great summary of our last four weeks. Now, anything before we kind of move on, start wrapping this up? Yeah, so we are, uh, at the end of this year, we'll
1: have a couple of uh, other episodes coming up before we return in the spring and January with uh, wrapping up the book of Mark.
0: So we're going to uh, actually release this episode and then we won't uh, release anything else until after the first of the year, correct? Correct. So just want to let everybody know, we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will uh, be back at it um, strong and, and still having fun and uh, exploring God's word after the first of the year. Again, thank you for joining us uh, each and every week. It's been a great year. Uh, and it is just amazing to watch what God is doing through this and through um his study of his word in each one of our lives. And we pray that you, this coming year um, will strive to be closer to him um, by the end of the year than you were at the beginning. And uh, cause that's the journey the, the journey isn't that we sprint to the end of it and get to just lay down for the rest of it. He wants us to continue to grow and to be moved and changed by his word. And do, do you have any, uh, any New Year's greetings for our folks before we sign off for the year.
1: Yeah. So as we look forward to the new year, my question to you is what are some things that you can do to begin to become closer to the Lord? I know it's easy for us as the year goes on to kind of move away. And so my question then is how are you going to kind of return? How do you get back closer to him? And, um, My challenge would actually be to spend more time in the word. And there are some phenomenal reading plans. Uh, Each year, I like to reread the Bible. I find a Bible reading plan that takes me through it once a year. And I'll choose a new translation each year uh, to keep things fresh for me. And so my challenge to you is that if you want to grow in your knowledge and in your faith, pick a Bible reading plan. Version is great. They've got a lot of different plans on there. Find one uh, that you can reasonably keep up with and begin that process of just reading through. And I think by the end of the year, you'll be shocked that you could actually get through the entire Bible in one year.
0: Awesome suggestion. And thank you again for joining us. It's been a great year. God bless you. And uh, we look forward to what God is going to do next year through Grasp the Bible.